Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I tell you plain and simple this morning that Jesus desires to be Lord of your life. Not 50% of your life, not over 75% of your responsibilities, but all of it. Jesus is offering to you, keyword, he's offering to you, for him to be Lord of your life. Why is it so hard for us to let him do that? Those of you who have been with us over the last two weeks, we've been working our way through this sermon series called Joining Jesus. It's a discipleship series as we get to know Jesus and, and, and come into a relationship with him as his disciples. What, that, what then does that mean for our lives? And so two weeks ago, we asked the question, who is Jesus? And we answered like Peter you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the one who was promised from the very beginning to come and rescue and redeem and save us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. We believe that you are our Savior from sin, that forgiveness and new life is given to us this day and forever. We believe that, Jesus. And if that is the case, if we come into that relationship with him, we understand that it is only by grace that we are saved, and it's through faith in him through believing that what he says is true, that we are free. We're free from sin. We're free from the guilt of our sin. We're free from the anxiety of worrying about our sin. And we are free to follow him without fear. We are free to follow him gladly and joyfully. Not just with our heads. Not just knowing who Jesus is, but also with our hearts and with our hands. And with our habits. This is why Jesus is called Lord. A Lord, we don't use that word a lot in the English language, at least in this English language they would have in England, but a Lord is someone who is in control, who's in charge. Our theme for today is my life is God's. What does he expect of me? Think of it like this. Jesus wants to be Lord of your life. I said that already. He wants to be Lord of your life over the difficult times, and he wants to be Lord even in the joyful times, and he's willing to take it. He's willing to take it all, and the best part of this deal is Jesus has our best interests in mind all the time, and he's a Lord who does not rule with an iron fist or through fear. He is a Lord who is gracious and merciful slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Therefore, we can gladly, and I say gladly, call Jesus Lord because we know that in allowing him to be our Lord and take the reins of control, that things will simply be better. When Jesus is your Lord, your whole life takes on more meaning and more purpose. Your whole life, every situation when Jesus is Lord is filled with opportunity. The beautiful thing about Jesus being Lord and the beautiful thing about this Christian uh, relationship that we have with Jesus is that we do not need to raise ourselves up out of the mundane and ordinary things of life. But it's actually when Jesus is Lord that those things, those mundane and ordinary things, 
take on a significant meaning and purpose with eternal results. Those of you who are moms, think about the way that you mother your children. What are you raising your children to be? What do you desire of your children? Do you hope that they will just be productive citizens and good people? What about when your attempts at raising them to be such a way or their results don't pan out or those things don't go as you want? Without the grace of God in Jesus Christ, without Jesus being our Lord, what hope do you have? Where is grace found if not in Jesus Christ? Where is the hope that you have if it's not in Jesus? But when Jesus is Lord, you can know that your work as mother in all of the simple, mundane, ordinary, and exhausting places of mothering, that when you do that, you are doing a most holy work. When you pour yourself into the children by the grace of God, you're doing a most holy work. And the same is true in other mundane and ordinary things. When you go to your job and you sit at a computer and type at your computer all day long, when you do that as a child of God, put there by his amazing providence, you're doing a most holy work. When you gather around with your friends around the campfire and you share stories of joys and challenges and you do that as a full child of God with Jesus as your Lord, you're doing a most holy work because Jesus is in all of these places and he is offering to you his lordship over your whole life. Every area of your life is affected with Jesus is Lord. So if this is true, if our lives truly belong to God, and if Jesus really is our Lord, then we ask that question again. What does he expect of us? He expects our whole lives to be transformed by his love in order that our whole lives can be utilized by him for his mission to seek and to save the lost and his glory to be Lord and Savior. This is what he expects, our whole lives, not just our Sunday morning one or two hour lives, our whole lives to be transformed by his love so that our whole lives can be utilized by him for his mission and glory. Perhaps you've heard, if you've spent any time in the church, perhaps you've heard these three words before, time, talents, and treasures. Time, talents, and treasures. I'm assuming if you spend any time in the church, you've heard these things be talked about, that, that these are all gifts from God. Your time, your talents, the things that you're good at, your treasures, whether it be financial or just material possessions, they're all gifts from God to you for you to manage, not for your own selfish gain, but for the building up of the kingdom of God. I want to talk about these three things briefly for a moment and how the Lordship of Jesus Christ affects the way that you utilize these things. So I just tell you plain and simple, one at a time, your time is a gift to you by God. And Jesus is offering to be Lord of your time. This does not mean that he's giving to you more things to do and more things to add on to your already busy schedules. But for you to optimize and to utilize all of your time for his mission and glory. And boy, do we need this reminder in this culture in which we live. 
I can't tell you how many times I hear people say to me, I'm so busy. It's just, it's just what I am. It's what I'm, I'm just busy. I tell you, if you had the attitude or the perception of busyness in your life, what happens is you often close the door on God providing or seeing the opportunities that God is providing to you because you're preoccupied with your own busyness and with your own self or maybe just with the lives that are closest to you. And so I want to remind you that Jesus has given you all of your time and that he desires to be Lord over all your time so that all your time, no matter what you do, can be utilized by him for his mission and glory. Will you let Jesus be Lord of your time? Your talents are a gift to you by God and Jesus desires to be Lord of your talents. You are specifically equipped for the calling that God has given to you. And I tell you today that the calling that God has given to you is what you are doing currently. God has you where you are currently for a purpose. Oftentimes we think that we somehow have some higher calling than the calling to the things that we have in store for us today. I tell you today, God has you specifically equipped for what is in store for you today. And that might just be the calling that God has for you. And you are equipped to do that. God, God has equipped you and specifically placed you where you are. God has given to you your talents. And he's offering to you to be Lord over your talents so that you can use these for his mission and glory. Will you let Jesus be Lord over your talents? And your treasure. Jesus said in the gospel lesson today, you cannot serve both God and money. And this may be one of the most difficult things for us as people. But it's true, you cannot have two masters. Your money is a gift to you by God, and Jesus is offering to be Lord of your money. Yes, Lord over your money that you think you have rightfully earned. But here's the thing, Jesus does not dictate to you what you must do with your money, but he has offered to you the eyes to see that he has given you those gifts and to utilize all that money and all those treasures for his mission and glory. Will you let Jesus be Lord of your treasures? I'm going to add two more T words to this list today, and they are these, technology and temple. Technology and temple. Because technology is a very, uh, very crucial part of the lives that we live in this day and age, particularly in this society. And we can say that many, much of that technology is a gift of God to us to be used and managed wisely. You can certainly find many negative things to do with technology, though. Whether it be anything from accessing pornography, to engaging in gossip, to simply having it be a distraction from your family and the intimate conversations with people around you. However, technology can also be utilized by God for his mission and glory. Will you let Jesus be Lord over the technology in your life? 
And finally, your temple. Not your temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body. Your body. Paul calls your body the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body. Your body. Your body is not simply a bag of flesh that is carrying some spirit within you. That is not the Christian view of the body. Your body is you, and you are human. You are who you are because you have a body. God has given you your body, created your body, but your body is fallen and it is sinful, just as your soul is. But all of you, both, both body and soul, are fully redeemed, fully saved, fully promised, what? Eternal life through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And you are promised in the scriptures a body for all of eternity, albeit a body that is perfect and glorified. However, it's still a body. Therefore, God certainly cares about how you utilize your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whether it be from simple things like healthy eating and getting proper sleep to even exercise. Because it is through your body that God moves you and mobilizes you to even use your time, talent, treasures, and technology for his mission and glory. So will you let Jesus be Lord over your body? The reading from James today is very clear about what God says about your life and how it ought to be lived in comparison to what the world says about your life. James gets into the idea of where does your wisdom come from? Where do you seek your advice from? What occupies your mind and your time and your life? I ask you this morning, those of you who have daughters, how many Instagram filters does your daughter know how to use? Those of you who have sons, how many professional athletes can your sons name? Or maybe it's vice versa. How many sports figures can your daughter's name and Instagram figure, uh, filters can your sons use? I ask you at the same time, could those same kids name the four Gospels and the Scriptures or even come up with a handful of the names of the twelve disciples of Jesus Christ? What about you? How many times on a daily basis do you cry out, Oh my God, in moments of excitement or disbelief versus how many times do you cry out, Oh my God, in humility and confession and praise? How many Snapchats will you send today in comparison with how many scripture passages you will read? Are your thoughts God's thoughts or are they your own? Is your desire, as James says, for jealousy and selfish ambition? Or does the wisdom of God affect your entire life with Jesus being Lord and lead you to have thoughts that are pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, merciful, impartial, and sincere? Those are the words of James, if you want to look them up. Again, Jesus says you can't serve two masters. Going back to the premise for today, Jesus is Lord. He desires to be Lord of your life. There are many other things that desire to be your Lord, whether it be your time, talents, treasures, technology, or even your very own body. But the great thing about Christianity is that you do not necessarily need to give up all of those things. You don't need to strip away your entire life, move to the middle of the woods in a little shack or a monastery and be quiet and spend the rest of your life in prayer and devotion. That is not 
the ideal Christian life. You are to be fully in the world, just not of it. Your hope does not come from it. Your purpose does not come from it. The world does not give you grace. All of those things are given to you by Jesus Christ, your Lord, and then you get to give them to the world. So that all the things you do, all the things you touch, everything that you're involved in has more meaning and more purpose because Jesus is Lord of your life and your life and the lives of the people around you have eternal significance because of that reality. So I ask you one more time, my life is God's, what does he expect of me? Pure and simple, before any of the rest of that can be done. Jesus expects us to live daily at the foot of the cross. To live daily at the foot of the cross, and this is his invitation to you and to me, broken, sinful people. Come. Come and to see. Come and taste that the Lord is good. Come to me, you who are weak and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Come. Daily die to your sin and rise to new life with Jesus. Yes, he has expectations for your life, but he knows your faults. He knows your frailties, he knows your sin, and he will not hold that against you. He died for you, he rose for you, he forgives you. He doesn't rule with guilt or with fear, but with grace and with love. The offer is on the table. Jesus desires to be your Lord, 100% of your life. Will you allow him to be? In Jesus' name, amen.